0: Russia, Russia, Russia. Manipulate our election. Has tried to manipulate elections across Europe and the Brexit. When that was
1: offered to the son of the president, that the president's son did not call the FBI.
2: So should we create like the Captain America meme lab and start (laughs) like totally with Vladimir Putin?
0: You know, things like special forces, mercenaries. You might say that's all okay. War is going underground, it's going to shadows. We have to go underground as well.
1: But I don't think it's
0: okay.
2: Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And today we're not just gonna focus on one veteran, but we're gonna hear from a veteran who will help us focus on Russian collusion.
1: There was no collusion with Russia, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard.
2: Collusion. It's everywhere. You can't get away from it, and for the last two years, we've heard it in the evening news every day. By now, we've all heard that Robert Mueller's investigation has been completed, and the special counsel reported that they did not find enough evidence to sufficiently state that President Trump's campaign colluded with Russia to rig the election.
1: There was no collusion with Russia. There was no obstruction and none whatsoever,
0: and it was a complete and total exoneration.
2: The reactions could be heard on every news network.
1: The special counsel did not find any collusion and did not find any obstruction. Well, well this is football. this is why this is why you're going to see Democrats demanding the underlying. And maybe it's because he didn't. And it seems the even re- more yeah. the
2: special counsel's office. Uh, that's the position they took as, as well. I and late-night shows from Colbert to Kimmel to The Daily Show.
1: I had a pretty good weekend.
2: weekend. Not as good as Donald Trump's weekend, but still pretty good. I haven't been this confused about an ending uh, since the series finale of Lost. Robert Mueller spends two years investigating obstruction of justice, and his conclusion is, I don't know, what do you guys think? (laughs) That's not an answer, Robert Mueller! That is the question we gave you! Now the special counsel's investigation may be over, but Congress... they're still arguing over it. Take, for instance, the fight unfolding in the House Intelligence Committee. California Democrat and committee chairman Adam Schiff is not satisfied with the outcome. He still thinks there's Russian collusion on the president's part.
1: My colleagues might think it's okay that when that was offered to the son of the president who had a pivotal role in the campaign that the president's son did not call the FBI. He did not adamantly refuse that foreign help. No, instead that son said that he would love the help of the Russians. You might say that's all okay. You might say that's just what you need to do to win. But I don't think it's okay. I think it's immoral. I think it's unethical. I think it's unpatriotic. And yes, I think it's corrupt and evidence of collusion.
2: And then there's Republican representative Mike Conway who also sits on the House Intelligence Committee Who thinks Schiff should just straight step down and get out of the way.
1: As such, we have no faith in your ability to discharge your duties in a manner consistent with your constitutional responsibility and urge your immediate resignation as chairman of the committee.
2: And isn't that just like Congress? They're going to continue to argue about an outcome that has already been determined.
1: And while they bitch about the final score. But I do not think that conduct criminal or not is okay.
2: The Russians are quietly winning the game. So I turned to an Army veteran who knows all about this game.
0: I am Sean McFate, author of The New Rules of War.
2: Maybe he can move past all this Trump election crap and get to the actual point. The Shadow War. We're fighting against Russia. (laughs) Sean McFate, welcome to Vet Story.
0: Thank you. It's great to be back.
2: Yeah, man. Ever since we talked about your book, The New Rules of War, you know, I've been fascinated by things. I love shadow wars and I love things that we don't know about and theories on geopolitical dynamics that affect the world and no one knows who the players are because it's all cloaked in secrecy. And that's just a few of the things you know about, right?
0: Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. That's what I specialize in.
2: <laughs> and that's why I was really uh, interested to hear your take on this. Uh, the Mueller report comes out and it says there's no collusion or at least no evidence of collusion there with the president's administration. And suddenly everyone's like, well,
0: there's something going on.
2: Tell me more about what Americans need to know about our relationship with Russia right now.
0: Look, Russia is trying to win. In the old rules of war, Russia would try to win by using armies on the border of East and West Germany. And the new rules of war, what they're try- how they're trying to win, regardless if it's Democrat or Republican, they're trying to win by manipulating our elections, by mal- manipulating elections like the Brexit vote and across Europe. So their, their strategic logic is this, who cares about the sword if you can manipulate the arm that wields it? And they are really good at manipulating what people think they even have a term for it called active measures
2: wow so while we're all spun up on oh the president did this we're kind of missing the point and we're actually playing into
0: their hand right in fact they could be doing this spinning right i mean look democracy is messy and we all love democracy we'd rather have it messy than you know Beijing or Moscow version. But here's the, here's the problem. If we're having like this internal cultural war in our country right now our nation right now, that's fine if it's just organic. That's what democracy is. But if we have outside powers like Russia fanning the flames of this, then that's winning for them. And we could be at war and not even know it.
2: Tell me how they're conducting this war, because I think I can get my head around it because I use social media every day. But do you have any like examples of like just what they're doing?
0: Yeah. So what they're doing, first of all, it's they're they're waging like a, a sophisticated propaganda war, right? So democracies are based on elections and elections are based on knowledge. And if they're trying to manipulate what we think we know that is that is, you know, that achieves a strategic outcome that equal in some ways to a war strategic outcome. And they're very good at propaganda. They have something called the troll. We call it the troll factory in St. Petersburg. It was in, it was named in the Mueller report, we are told. Uh, and they're very good at, at um, you know, using things like clickbait and starting rumor and, and innuendo and trying to get us out of each other's throats. Um, and so that's that's kind of what what they're doing, uh, and it's not just them. You know, Beijing is doing something very similar. I mean, when was the last time uh, anybody saw a movie at Hollywood that features China as the villain? You know, nobody's China bought Hollywood. They they it's now like a big propaganda tool for them as well. But they're not as aggressive as the Russians are. The Russians are very aggressive.
2: Is some of the news, I mean, does this permeate the major news networks? Because I can understand what reasonable people say. You know, they say, oh, well, I get my news from CNBC. I get my news from CNN. I get my news from the reputable reputable folks at Fox. Does the troll factory stories even permeate the major news that we're getting, though?
0: I think there's a lot of rumors that that sometimes get chased down by major news networks that turn out to be, maybe not a hoax, but an over-exaggeration, and they sort of disappear. Uh, also, what they do is, you know, the Russian troll factory dumps, you know, emails, and they, they, you know, do WikiLeaks, as we saw right before the Democratic National Convention, that really exposed some of the insider trading of the, you know, the Dems. And it's not just a Dem or Republican thing. I think they're, the Russians go after whatever the the nearest target can be. So, I think that um, they do influence the general media cycle. Do they directly influence the producers of CNN or or Fox? Uh, Probably not directly, but I think they provide a lot of background context, a lot of noise that distracts from other things. So I think we have to be wary about the Russians are pretty sophisticated strategic influence. And frankly, we, we are not.
2: That's amazing you say that because I like I work in a newsroom myself, and every morning there's leads and pitches, right? There's people pitching stories, and there's leads, and 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 folks are looking across the internet to go, oh, what story's trending here? What story's trending there? And you're so damn right. Russia's not on the phone with anybody in my newsroom. Do you think, to some degree, the amount of coverage of the Mueller uh, the, of the Mueller investigation was somewhat fueled by some? propaganda interests
0: of Russia? It's a good question, and I think, I don't know for a fact, but I think they either, A, were passively joyous about watching all this, or B, were actively trying to fan those flames and to fan expectations of, say, Democrats that this is going to reveal something. I don't know for a fact, but it seems like, um, you know, they're stirring the pot, if you will. That is something that is in their wheelhouse. It's something they've been, you know, to, to mix metaphors here. But it is something that they have done before. Uh, All the intelligence communities have agreed that Russia has tried to manipulate our election, has tried to uh, manipulate elections across Europe and the Brexit. The only question is, is how successful were they? Was it a laughable attempt or did they actually swing a closed vote?
2: So if you think that this no collusion result of the Mueller report means that our conflict with Russia is over. We're sorely mistaken, right?
0: I do. I think first of all, I think that uh, Bob Mueller is—you know—he's like the Elliot Ness of our generation. He is uh, a man with great integrity. I've met him before. He is first of all a Marine, above all else. So if you meet him, he has this amazing, like, decades-long career as a prosecutor, as an FBI uh, director. But the thing—the thing that forms him was being a Marine as a young man. The man has unimpeachable. Uh, credentials and integrity so I believe whatever he said Uh, but we should not think that the war is won maybe the battle is won maybe there was no collusion in this case and I'm not trying to implicate Trump or whatever I'm saying like that doesn't mean we can forget this whole incident happened it's gonna happen the next election and they're gonna sway the election to a candidate that's most favorable to them whether that's you know a Democrat or Republican you know, we have to think about this sort of like the Cold War. They're not—we're not exactly at war with Russia, but it ain't exactly peace either. We have to get back to that mindset of being more nuanced about what international conflict looks like today. And it's not just—you know—it's not just chasing a Taliban. It's dealing with a sophisticated, big uh, technological enemy.
2: Mm. Right on. I love I love hearing your take on this. I've dumbed it down, actually, even further. And I always say, hey, look, you know what? That may be true that they salivated and hyperventilated over this collusion thing, which didn't exist. But being friendly with Vladimir Putin is like petting a dog that bites.
0: They, their version right. of success
2: is us failing, right?
0: Look, they what they do is they manufacture the fog of war and step through it for victory. They they manufacture chaos and then try to play for the scenes after what comes out, right? They are they are sort of mastering the dark arts and we cannot be seduced by it because they're not, you know, they're not driving aircraft carriers and stuff like that to think that this is not some version of war. It is a version of war. They're playing it really well. We have, in my opinion, strategic atrophy in our national security establishment that's that's kind of like, you know, not getting it. I mean, some people get it, but not enough people get it. And we have to raise our strategic IQ so that we can defend ourselves. And defending ourselves doesn't just mean playing defense. Defending ourselves might mean some offense too.
2: Talk to me about that because that's exactly where I wanted to go next. And that is what should we be doing? They have the troll factory. So should we create like the Captain America meme lab and start like (laughs) totally (laughs) with Vladimir Putin and dividing his people so that they internally hate one side of the government or the other?
0: Yes, we should be doing exactly that. So we have done this before. It was called the cold war, right? I mean, Not everything that we did in the Cold War was perfect or great, or I'm not suggesting that, but we need to get our Cold War game back on. Uh, Simply playing defense and trying to expose lies, we cannot win that way because they could produce more lies faster than we can find them and expose them. We have to continue to do that, creating what I call implausible uh, deniability. But we also have to hit back. And the way to hit back, And an autocracy is is this. First of all, democracies are vulnerable because they can mess with our election. But autocracies are vulnerable, too. They have a centralized power held by the elites with a a chief autocrat on top, whether that be Stalin or Putin. And beneath him is a bunch of ambitious lieutenant autocrats. And you want to get him paranoid about their ambition to replace him. If you could manufacture paranoia and distrust in the inner circle, Putin will take care of that inner circle. He'll he'll purge it himself. So we don't have to. So we have to do things like that uh, through through like Title 50 programs, through other programs. Uh, We also have to do some other things too. Um, We have to get hard and, and we have to punch back in the shadows. I call it shadow war. Look how they took over the Ukraine and Crimea using Sort of, you know, things like special forces, mercenaries, all war is going underground. It's going to the shadows. We have to go underground as well and punch back before that, The you know, before that hits our shores. We're not we're not playing aggressive enough. And I understand why people like you become a little squeamish, but they've also raised some ethical issues that we should think about. I'm not sidelining that. But we have gotten complacent in the last 25 years. We need to think again like we were thinking in the 80s and before.
2: Right on. Now, I'm getting ready to speak to a high school class, and right around graduation time, they're having all these different experts come in, and and I've been luckily chosen to represent the broadcast community and come in to speak to a group of uh, aspiring high school seniors. I'm wondering, does the government... Is our Defense Department reaching out strong enough to high school classes, to college kids, to people that are involved in computers? And frankly, are they reaching out to the kids that just use social media? I mean, couldn't they be recruiting these kids that can make videos on their phone in a minute? Shouldn't we be recruiting those kids to just go at our enemies and just make nonstop pain for them every time they log on?
0: Like creating like a legion of Twitterers? <laughs> that would be right? kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you know,
2: I mean, I- yeah. am I crazy for thinking that?
0: No. Well, I, mean, I think I that think the DOD tries to recruit programmers and, and hackers, but the problem is, is that they just get outspent by Silicon Valley. Uh, I think what we, we should be doing is a couple things. One is that we need to make Americans savvier consumers' information uh, so that if there's propaganda out there, we're a little more sophisticated about how we consume it. And there's different ways to do it. Like, you know, if we could invest in technology that, you know, we have, we have, we all wear clothes, of course. And on the label of all our clothes, it tells you where that, that sweater is made, that shirt is made. If we could do that for clickbait, that'd be great, right? If you saw something on the Internet and it said made in North Korea, you're not likely to click on it. Um, second of all, it's like how, we can't compete with Silicon Valley for the best talent. I mean, sometimes we get best talent because we're lucky, and people are patriotic, but I think the best way to do it is to create public-private partnerships uh, or find indirect ways to mobilize uh, the savvy, you know, the people you're talking about in our, in our nation without having to make them, you know, you're, you're now part of the, the, the Pentagon because some people don't like that, right? Uh, but there's ways to serve your country without actually having to, to you know, become part of the Department of Defense. Um, and we've seen Google, for example, object to this thing called Project Maven, which tries to do some of this. It's a Project Maven, a DOD program, and people at Google are like, no, on the face of it, we don't want to support the Department of Defense. There are people who, are, who believe that, and as Americans, we should honor their opinion. Uh, but there's many ways to, to, to marshal Um, sort of, you know, our, our troll factory without having to actually use trolls.
2: I love it. And I think you're totally on to something there. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take a computer science degree or an advanced technical degree in programming to be a social media assassin. And I think we need more of those and to find out a way that something like Project Maven could attract great talent. Let's face it. People that hurt my feelings on social media are not geniuses. Right. In fact, if we could just redirect some of the ire towards our true enemies, I think we'd be much better off.
0: Sean McFaith, I I
2: always love talking to you, man. Tell me the book and where I can get it again.
0: So it's The New Rules of War. It just came out. You can get it on Amazon. There's an audio version, a Kindle version. Or you can check out my website, uh, seanmcfaith.com.
2: That's Sean McFate,
0: S-E-A-N-M-C-F-A-T-E.
2: Sean McFate, always great having you, buddy. I look forward to talking to you again real
0: soon. Yeah, thank you very much.